Legal Monday on the Viewpoint with Songezo Mabete. 2149, we are in serious territory now because we are talking about your rights when you are arrested. Now, this has its genesis, of course, in just arbitrary police rule in a pre-1994, which found then expression in the Constitution. And in relevant part, Section 35 reads, everyone who is arrested for allegedly committing an offence has the right to 31, I mean 35 1A, to remain silent, to be informed promptly, or the right to remain silent, and of the consequences of not remaining silent. It goes on, but I'm not here to just read the Constitution. I'm here to ensure that it is a living document and an understood document. There isn't any better person that I know than Mbumelele Zigalala. Mbumelele, thank you so much for joining us. Take us through, please, Section 35 and the core implications for anybody, really, because any one of us can be arrested. And it doesn't have to be an operation of law that needs to be sanctioned by a warrant. In other words, on reasonable suspicion, one can be arrested, and even by a private citizen. So there are so many facets of criminal law that enter into the fray of arrest because it speaks about a fundamental right, freedom of movement. So take us through this. I'm not going to really ask you questions. I don't have too much time. I've got about seven, seven and a half minutes. Mm. Definitely. Now, it's done from Section 35 of the Constitution that says, these are your rights. Well, firstly, the most important one, remain silent. I always say, talk when it's the right moment to talk, act when it's the right moment to, to, to act. But if you must think of it in another way, you must do it where it matters the most, ways that is within the court. So when you are being arrested, don't resist any arrest. It's going to work in your favor when you are applying for bail at a later stage. And then ask, can I please get an opportunity to speak either to a relative or to a medical practitioner? Better a relative because then 90, 90% of the chances that you are going to get them and they can be able to get legal assistance for you. So those are the rights which are then applicable to you. Now, you also need a legal practitioner, someone who understands what those Act 95 of 106 actually mean and the type of regulations which are going to be there. And someone who can be able to prepare bail for you and even understand whether you're eligible for police bail or not. And when you go to court, someone is going to better represent you and knows the procedures which are being followed. You may know that you are innocent. However, in order to be able to prove your innocence within in, in court, the best way to do it in is to then say, this is how things are going to be. Uh, and let me get a legal practitioner who is then going to assist me in, in doing all those particular things. And then lastly, just uh, allow the flow of time to happen. I know that sometimes you may be eager to get out of jail. Some people may even want to admit certain uh, crimes in which they haven't done just so that they can stay uh, one day or not sleep in jail not forgetting that it's going to check criminal records as we speak today there are a number of people that uh, have, have been found guilty of breaking corporate regulations and we find that there were valid defenses in which they could have raised but now they have criminal records within their names all because they didn't want to spend that extra day uh, in, in, in jail while the matters were being discussed linked to that is also the criminal procedure act and if you zoom in section 60 of the criminal procedure act it says all those things which are supposed to be asked or answered by you when applying for pay. In fact, this is one of the sections in our laws which are very prescriptive. And if you even you, you read it as a lay person, you can be able to better understand what is the law looking for, what is the court looking for when it says answer or submit your affidavit so that you are able to persuade that it's in, it's in the interest of justice that you are being released. And then lastly, it would be to all the individuals or the stakeholders in, in, in the court system. Just look at it from the victim's side and also from us as members of the public. It does not mean that if you are released on bail, you are found not guilty. It simply means that 
the sort of the opinion of the court that if you release, you are going to come back. Hence, it is the interest of justice that you are released so that you can be able to enjoy the benefit or the rights of saying that you are innocent up until proven guilty. Mm. Let's talk about bail in the context of appearing before a court. You know, mm. that 35-1-D-1, you have the right rather it says everyone is arrested for allegedly committing an offense has the right to be brought before mm. a court as soon as reasonably possible but not later than 48 hours many people might get it or might get one get themselves in in, in knots in terms of the computing of those 48 hours 48 hours is 48 court hours 48 hours of court day so monday to friday so in other words if you are arrested at an hour before close of business mm. on a Thursday, it essentially mm. means you will and may yet appear on Monday, not necessarily on Friday, because of it, the 48 hours computes on a Monday to Friday basis. And, and, and definitely that, that can happen, even though it is not something which is encouraged because if then the police choose to engage it in that particular manner it that means that they're arresting for the purpose of investigation and it should be the other way around of course they might be defended if they're going to say we have seen a person perpetrating this particular crime in front of us hence this is why we are extending this these particular hours that will enable us to investigate even further but then the question would be the criminal procedure act does allow you a period of seven days for further investigations why do you want to engage in this type of manner so most of the times the police would refrain from doing this 48 hours period in order for them to investigate because they know that at the later stage it's going to come back to bite them but you are correct when is when we say 48 hours we mean 48 hours of court time be very careful when there are long weekends for example your easter uh, holidays where you'd find that the friday is a holiday the monday is a holiday it means if you are arrested on thursday the only time in which you may even end up having to wednesday, go to court yeah. with the, it's wednesday so it, you, you will spend quite a number of time uh, while in jail but it would also matter a, a lot as to what type of offense are you arrested for. there are certain offenses especially this one that appear in a schedule one in which police bail is also applicable also uh, other offenses in which uh, bail which is issued by a prosecutor is also available but there are some in which the law is very clear in perspective in terms of saying it's only a, a judge or a magistrate that can be able to release you and bail and no other person arrest without a warrant reasonable suspicion private arrests <clears throat> and the, the, that's where the the issue of probable cause will then come in in terms of saying from an ordinary point of view excuse me or, or or person who is who's living the information that was related to you did did it did it create any probable cause are you of the opinion as a person who's conducting this particular arrest that this is the correct individual taking into account all the other instances that can happen you can be sued so you want to make absolutely sure that something has happened and you have a probable cause that will then say this is the individual that perpetrated the crime let's make a simple scenario someone is being mugged while you are not even on, on duty as a police officer so you give chase and arrest that particular individual so it's easy for you to say this is what i saw happening in front of me this are the witnesses that are there and this is when i called for backup but the police again would be very wary in engaging in this type of acts if they don't have the proper information which is required so that they can be able to make sure that this is the proper arrest. it could even be very arbitrary very quickly right definitely and and the last thing in which you 
you don't want as a police officer to be sued for wrongful arrest or wrongful detention because most of the times you may find that your your name is also going to be included in those civil summons and one of the clauses which are going to be there is that you must be jointly liable several and jointly liable as the minister would be as the the uh, the, the, the minister of constitutional development uh, and, and justice be also liable so you do not want that to be in your name because you're also protecting your pension so the police are also wearing very a train in this particular stance to say we i do not want anything which is going to disturb my retirement so let me do my job uh, uh, in a much more uh, prudent manner the same applies with citizens arrest by the way and that takes in, in, into account uh, with all these forums which are popping up yes they are assisting our communities as much as possible but i do think that a bit of training is required so that they're able to understand the type of risk that they're engaging in and the kind of blurring of the lines is very easy to accuse someone and yet when evidence is required so that there can be a, a, a successful prosecution then you are found wondering or found wanting it's something that you don't want to happen and i think it's the duty of even the sa police to say let us teach our communities as to how to deal with these particular allegations the police are well trained to deal with them but most importantly it's the prosecution which is going to decide whether they have a matter or not that they can be, mm-hmm. they can be able to successfully prosecute. I have one and final quick question, please. Good evening, Butsonga. Thank you so much for that respect. I appreciate that. Please ask the legal expert if doing a DNA test on a child can cause that person to be arrested if that DNA testing was done without the knowledge of the parent. I would say yes, that's a general answer, but it should also depend as are you the official parent of the child or are you the guardian of the child? So if if you have um, access to the child and you are, you are simply a caretaker, then the child is not yours, the legal guardian is the only person that can authorize that. But greater powers or greater um, sort of consent powers are then given to, to the mother. And it also depends as to what you want to use it for. Uh, if you are denying any type of paternity, the family court is always there. There are people who can be able to assist, and you don't need to go into extra measures. And some of them that can be deemed to be illegal. 